Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso. Joined today by my longtime co-host, Dalvin Osario. We need to talk about the Jamal Adams trade. Now, I got some thoughts off my chest on Badlands, which, of course, is available at turnonthejets.podbean.com. You have to subscribe because we're going to have a nice hour-long chat with Manish Mehta about everything, including the article that might have just pushed this trade over the finish line at some point in the coming days. And I also got some thoughts out on the play like a jet feed for Scott. Can't forget to turn on the Jets feed and cannot forget letting Dalvin get some words in who had a great rant about the Jamal Adams situation about a month or two months or so back. Make sure to check out that episode on the feed. If you have not yet, subscribe, rate, review. We are available on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. We'll be ramping up our episodes soon. If fingers crossed, everything stays on schedule with training camp in the season. I don't want to uh, pre-ramble anymore. Dalvin, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing good, Joe. And, you know, I always I, – I jokingly say on Twitter that uh, when you send the bat signal and I could be – you know, you and I can be two old dads 20, 30 years from now, I will always answer the call to come on the pod and, and you know, just, just absolutely rock with you. But this also feels kind of monumental to be on the on this pod with you because if, I don't know if you remember, man, but when the Jets traded Darrell Rivas, we did one of these two when they traded Rivas to the Bucks, And here it is, you know, we're back together again to, to talk about the Jets trading another, you know, premier first round pick. Uh, but this one feels a little different than even when they traded Rivas. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. It is crazy. Here we are all these years later talking about uh, an all-pro defensive back being traded. These are different circumstances, obviously. And, you know, I think we had a, a really spirited discussion about this a couple months back. And I think Jet fans understandably felt really strong about this situation. And I had kind of moved from thinking there was a, you know, a 20 or 30 percent chance he was going to get traded to thinking it was inevitably going to happen. I just didn't know if it was going to happen until right before training camp was going to be at the trade deadline. Could they tough out one more season? I just figured there was no way he was signing a long-term deal here. And I candidly resigned myself to getting a first-round pick back and maybe one other thing, whether that was another starter uh, or a third-round pick or an additional maybe conditional fifth-round pick or something. That was kind of the package I had in my head. And then Saturday, as we all know, the Jets – come back with two first rounders, a third rounder, Bradley McDougald, and they only have to give up Adams in a fourth round pick. So blew our expectations out of the water. 
fans generally from everything I have seen have been ecstatic with the return, which personally I am. I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Tell me your, you know, sort of tell me what your Saturday was when you found out about this and what your initial reaction was. Yeah, so it's interesting, right? Because uh, I had, I think, put my phone down and uh, I see it pops, you know, I get the notification and it says uh, it happened. And Joe, let me tell you, and it was from Dan, from Dan Essen, our, our, our writer, you know, who's one of my favorite writers on TLJ. And uh, and he, it pops up and it, it says it happened. And literally it was, I responded with a Bobby Schmurter gift, you know, of him throwing a Yankee hat in in the air. Because I, I once Jamal Adams went scorched earth uh you know uh to, to adam gase and and not even so much adam gase man but once he called joe douglas a liar i think we were done i think that was that was it and you kind of heard you know joe douglas kind of allude to that and he didn't say that you know they traded him because of the rhetoric you know it was just a return seattle you know blew blew, blew them away with the offer but the one time that I saw Joe Douglas get defensive and defensive in a, in a like, listen, man, you're not going to say this about me. It was when he had to address the fact that that Jamal Adams called him a liar. And I think once you did that, I think that paved the way. And now I know Daniel Jeremiah said that, you know, they have been working on this before and, you know, Seattle. And here's the interesting thing. I, while I do believe that the, that the Jets were taking calls on him because I think that's what you do and 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 all that, I I. I'm blown away at the fact that Joe Douglas was able to get a better return for Jamal Adams, a the best safety in football, but one who has not really impacted the game like a Khalil Mack or like a Jalen Ramsey. And Jamal and, and Jamal Adams got traded for a better offer than those guys. But when when Dan sent the 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 message, I was like, yeah, I was like, that's a, this could be a franchise altering trade in the sense that. You're now entering year three of Sam Donald, and you nailed it, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't even know if we're going to have a season. Baseball is clearly an example of what can go wrong if you go forward with no concrete plan. In any event, you now are armed with 10 picks in the 2021 NFL draft, and now you have two other first-round picks now in the 2022 NFL draft. So for me, man, I was nothing but ecstatic because I think I, I, I'm never a fan of guys. And you, and you know, this, we've been doing this for so long. I've been, you know, we've been rocking together for nine years now. I've never been a fan of guys going to the media and Jamal Adams did that. I've also never been a fan of anonymous quotes and Jamal Adams. You remember a couple of weeks ago used <clears throat> anonymous quotes from his teammates that CJ Mosley and Alex Lewis had to walk back. Right. So I'm never a fan of guys putting their teammates in tough situations. And Jamal Adams did that. And you also kind of got the feeling and Kim Jones touched on this uh, today that a lot of jet players probably aren't even going to miss Jamal Adams because I think what I think what starts to happen is if you're constantly in that locker room talking about, hey, guys, I'm out here giving 110 percent and you're not. It's constantly sounds like it's a, I'm doing my part. Why aren't you doing yours? And the reality of the matter is in the time that Jamal Adams was here, the Jets never came close to the playoffs. And that's his legacy. That's going to no matter how great he was, the Jets did not win many games. But I'm ecstatic, man. I'm ecstatic because one it now becomes Sam Darnold's team. It is his team through and through. And the other part, right, the other part is that I think for me, I very much, very much love the return as a draft person, but also this is a very good class coming up in 2021 in areas that the Jets have need. So I mean, I, I was ecstatic on Saturday. You asked on, you asked, you know, like, oh, what's your reaction now the next day? And I was like, even then, I'm still super pumped. I'm just really, really excited. So I, I'm, I couldn't be happier on the return and the fact that Jamal Adams is gone, man. There's a little bit of the guy who needs to talk about being the leader so much. You're not really the leader if you need to talk about it that much, right? 
uh, that everyone's been sending out the Game of Thrones meme about it, which, look, it's true and it makes sense. And I think Connor had talked about this, and we've talked about it too. I am sure that these antics were wearing on some people in the locker room. And if you're going to talk as much as Adams does and put yourself out there, of course he backed it up with his play in the field. He was great on the field. I want to be clear. Nobody's doubting that. But when you talk about changing the culture, you say you're a winner, you say you're built different, but your team loses year after year after year, three the three years that you were here, and you go scorched earth to get out of town, people are going to look at that. And the rest of the locker room is probably looking at him like, is this guy actually the leader or is he playing it on social media? Uh, were the real leaders of that team before he got hurt, you know, C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell, or they other people we're not even talking about? It's not always the best players who end up actually being the leaders on each side of the football uh, in practice. So I, I think there's probably a very large chunk of that locker room that was ready for this to be over and is ready to move on. And I think, you know, with Joe Douglas, he's handled this entire offseason like 2020 is going to be an evaluation year. You could see it in the contracts he handed out in free agency. You could see with how the roster has generally been structured this year. It feels like the front office looked at this team and said, yeah, we were 7-9. and nine. The reality is we were about a 5-11 and 11 team last year. And we're, we're pretty far away still. So we need to clean up the mess that Mike McCagnin left behind. And that's going to take a bit. And we need to really rebuild the roster and our vision with all these draft picks. They can now do that. I think this year, whether we want to hear it or not, they're going to be evaluating Sam Darnold. They're going to be evaluating Adam Gase. They're going to be evaluating a handful of guys on whether they merit getting a long-term commitment. And there's going to be a major clean house and sort of new build with all these new draft picks and cap space that they theoretically will have now and not have to spend on Jamal Adams. And it's going to be a very different looking team because this trade will allow Joe Douglas to really build this team in his vision. He didn't draft Jamal Adams, right? And he was not going to pay Jamal Adams $20, $21 million a year. I think you think... Most of us think Sam Darnold with the right supporting cast is going to be the guy long-term. Sam Darnold isn't Joe Douglas's guy. I think he will have a longer leash because he is a quarterback and there's that much talent there and he's so young. Joe Douglas also didn't hire Adam Gase. Me, you, many of us would like to see Adam Gase get out of here unless he leads the team to the playoffs this year. So it's going to be interesting to watch Joe Douglas remake this roster and his vision. If football happens this year the way it somewhat normally does, you know, this is probably a six and ten or seven and nine team with Adams, and a six and ten or seven and nine team without Adams. And I think after that, we're going to see a lot more changes to this roster. But it's very exciting to have two first round picks each of the next two years and have that extra third to work with as well. Never mind the extra pick from Leonard Williams. And I don't honestly look. Adams is arguably the best safety in the NFL. He's still safety. Don't tell me about the sack numbers. Literally half of his career sacks came in a two game stretch against Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins, and that's great. But He's not going to get seven sacks a season. He's going to be a two to four sack a season guy, and that's fine. But I don't think the Jets' safeties, safeties are going to be terrible this year. I think they could still have a top 10 to 15 DVOA defense with McDougal, May, and Ashton Davis playing safety. They'll miss some big plays from Adams. They'll miss what he brought 100%. It's an offense-dominated league, and you have to use this trade as an opportunity to build your offense. And fingers crossed, all these first-round picks are going to offensive linemen. They're going to receivers. They're going to rebuilding the running back room after Le'Veon Bell probably leaves after this year. Uh, and they go towards an edge rusher, potentially, on defense if they're going to spend anywhere there. That's how I hope we see this roster being shaped up. No, going forward? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you, you nailed it. I think also the Jets 
how much better? And again, you you know you played the position, but also like you know wide receivers are your are your are your jam. They're your thing. How much better are the Jets long term with Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams, or Sam Darnold, Jamar Chase, and then somebody like Wyatt Davis who takes over for you know for Alex Lewis or Greg Van Roten? Because then now here's the thing. Because then now entering Sam Darnold's crucial fourth year, you go you go. Uh, Jamar Chase, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, right? You still have Herndon. You, again, even if you move on from Le'Veon Bell, you can go after a running back in day two or day three because you, again, still have three picks in those rounds. Or you wait till 2022 and you draft a guy like Master Teague from Ohio State with one of your first round picks. And then now suddenly you've duplicated what, again, Seattle did with Russell Wilson, which is you allow the youth to reach to, to reach their 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 prime while Sam Darnold is about to get paid, right? So you pay Sam Darnold, but you still don't have to pay Jamar Chase or, or Denzel Mims yet. You don't have to pay Wyatt Davis or Mackay Becton yet, right? So this is the thing. You have to you have to hit on these picks. But I think for us, and we talked about this a lot, and we, we got a lot of blowback from a lot of fans who were like, oh, you could never get rid of Mike McCann, and he's done such a good job. He got you, Sam Darnold. Here's the reality of the matter, Joe. We talked about this a lot leading up to that draft. The reason Mike McCagnan had to go get Sam Darnold, and again, remember, he had to trade up to go get Sam Darnold, is because he took Jamal Adams. And it was the pick of Jamal Adams that made it much more difficult for Mike McCagnan to build around Sam Darnold or whoever the quarterback would have been at that time, right? Joe Douglas, I think, sees that. And Joe Douglas has two, two routes that he can take. And I'll circle back to the point about hopefully we have a new coach in a minute. But if you if your decision is to build around Sam Darnold, you can, you can get another interior offensive lineman like Wyatt Davis. You add Jamar Chase, who now becomes, again, you go Jamar Chase, Denzel Mims. That's a really good young two receivers. And I can't think of a time other than Keyshawn and Corbett where the Jets have had two good young receivers that, again, can develop with their quarterback. Or the flip side of this is if Sam Darnold is not your guy, you now have picks to go up and get your guy for the coach that you're hopefully hiring. Because make no mistake about it, and you nailed this on the head, Sam Darnold is not Joe Douglas's quarterback. It would be better for the Jets if Sam Darnold takes another step this year, right? Even, even if it results in Adam Gase being fired. Like if Sam Darnold takes the next step, then you can go to a coach like an Eric B. My Enemy or a Robert Saley. Or, you know, again, maybe you make a godfather offer to Harbaugh at Michigan. But you can go to them and say, listen, we have the young quarterback. We need you to take them over the hump. And we have these 10 picks. But the Jets ideally will be better with these picks and, and, and a Sam Donald that can develop and hopefully a better coach. A hundred percent. And for the Jets, I mean, the reality is that their way or their quickest path to being competitive again is Sam Darnold being great. That's the only way they make the playoffs this year. That's the only way they really become a serious contender next year is if Sam Darnold becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If you're good, very good to great at the position, you're competitive because then you're going to have a good offense. And if you have a good offense, you're going to be competitive. So anything you could do to make Sam Darnold's route to being great easier, putting more receiver talent around him, getting him a better offensive line, is a smart investment right now. You can compete and make the playoffs with a middle-of-the-road defense. We've seen the Jets have a good defense, and it doesn't matter because they're still not making the playoffs, even getting close to the playoffs. The Jets had a better defense than Kansas City last year in DVOA and total defense. Who was a better team? Were the Jets in the same universe as Kansas City? Look at what happens to the teams who were great on defense in DVOA and great on offense in DVOA and the splits to the games that they won and the playoff games that they won last year. You need to find a way 
to get to having a good offense. You get there with Sam Darnold being very good, and you do that by getting some elite talent around him to make his life easier so he does not have to do it all himself. Of course, you want him to be able to elevate a supporting cast at time. That's part of being a franchise quarterback. But why not make his life as easy as possible? Don't trot him out there with no receivers who've ever eclipsed 900 yards in a single season going into his third year when arguably his best target is his tight end who missed the entire year before. There's a lot of work left to do on the Jets' offense. I understand we're both excited about Becton and Mims. That's a start. They are nowhere near done on building that unit. you got two first-round picks next year, two third-round picks, or three third-round picks, where they ever have now when you look at the the Leonard Williams trade, two first-round picks the year after that. You have the flexibility to do a lot. You can stay put in that talent. You can package picks and trade up. You could trade a pick for... A Juju Smith-Schuster. You could do a million different things when you have this much draft capital. Focus it to the offense and give your quarterback a chance to be good because you still have him on a rookie contract for a few more years. So you don't have to start this entire cycle all over again. So look, my hope within the realm of what is likely realistic is that Darnold takes a step forward, of course. I don't think they're going to be good enough under Adam Gase to be a serious contender. But can their offense show enough improvement that if you that you say, man, if we just had a better offensive coaching staff than Dowell Loggins and Adam Gase, what can we do? Go out and get that and then flood the zone with offensive talent, with your cap space and with your draft picks. And then we're talking about an entirely different build team. We have spent a decade of watching this team build the roster through the defense, through interior defensive linemen, inside linebackers and safeties. Nobody wins in the NFL like this. Nobody. You win with offense and on defense, you win with edge rushers and cornerbacks. You don't win building up the middle. The Jets were trying to get bigger while everyone's trying to get faster. It was like Isaiah Thomas building the Knicks with Jerome James and Eddie Curry. Yes. It was time to blow the entire thing up, and that needed to happen because, like you said, Mike McCagnan had the chance to get the quarterback. He should have took Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes over Jamal Adams. I don't care how great Jamal Adams was. In a million years, he will never make the impact on a team that Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes will. Period. Not even close, not even a discussion. Because he messed that up, he had to give up three second-round picks to get Sam Darnold, who's still more of a question mark than those guys because of his situation, most likely, but he's still more of a question mark than them. And Darnold had his life harder because they didn't have second-round picks to use to build around him. So this entire process uh, is coming full circle now where the Jets are paying the price for that. And now they've gotten the picks back and some, which is great, and hopefully you have a better drafter in Joe Douglas to execute on those picks. So... I don't think the Jets are going to be very good this year. I hope I'm wrong. I do think they have a much better chance of being good in 2021 and 2022 than they did a week ago before they made this trade. I mean, Jamal Adams was never signing a long-term contract here, period. He did not want to be a Jet for life. He will play for less elsewhere. He wanted no part of being here. He wants no part of this organization. That's fine. He'll go be great in Seattle and – that's how they're going to be able to build. They have Russell Wilson. They have a different equation than the Jets have right now. They have Pete Carroll. Different situation. For the Jets, they're going to have to find a way to build their offense. So I'm ranting here again a little bit, but what are your sort of, what are your, you know, kind of final thoughts now as we head into these, you know, last few weeks before training camp really gets going? 
Well, so for me, and honestly, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the draft, man, because I think also, like, and you and I are big Allen Robinson fans, right? And the Bears have not talked to him about an extension. So is he a guy that, again, you pair with Denzel Mims and you go out there and you let Sam Darnold play football with some, play basketball with some of these receivers and let them start boxing some people out, right? So again, there are avenues to pursue this where if you got a guy like Allen Robinson for Sam Darnold, then you can draft Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame to put at right tackle along with Wyatt Davis in the offensive line. So now you've doubled up on offensive linemen. You do it the way the Cowboys did it. There's so many avenues now available to Joe Douglas. And I just wanted to say that one more time, because I think when you're going out into the market to try and hire a new head coach, which I think the Jets are going to do, I do not think that Adam Gase is going to be the head coach after this year, unless the Jets make the playoffs. And I do not think they're going to make the playoffs, but it gives you so many avenues to really improve this team going into training camp. I'm really excited because the other thing is the Jets got a good safety in Bradley McDougal. Bradley McDougal is not a bad player. You get him to pair him with Marcus May until Ashton Davis is ready, or you re-sign McDougal and trade May for more picks at the deadline. I think that's also an option too. I think that assuming that Marcus May suddenly is going to be here for as long as he's going to be here, I think that's also false because if you notice Marcus May is the only player Outside of all the other Jet players, right, who've like, who've, the other Jet players have kind of taken their shots at Adams and, you know, who've aired him out for being a liar. Marcus May's the only one that's like, hey, man, I'm still in your corner. He's the only one that's done that. And it would not surprise me if they move on from him because remember, Joe Douglas shopped them last year. So I think the, the, package that you're going to go try and sell on a new coach, the picks, the cap space, the seventh most cap space in the league, um, and Sam Darnold, I think is still not done yet, but you could theoretically go to a new coach and say, listen, we have the quarterback, we have the franchise left tackle. If Denzel Mims turns into Kenny Galladay, like like you, like in your scouting report you broke down, that's also a shot too, but it's Who's going to step up at corner to be the starters for Greg Williams? Who's going to be the edge rusher? Do they make a play for Jadavion Clowney? I think that's still in the I think that's still in the realm of possibility. And which offensive lineman at right tackle steps up to take the position? Is it George Fant or is it a Doga? I think that's going to be interesting to see too. But honestly, man, I'm really excited just to see Sam Darnold be the leader of this team. That's really all I care about. I don't care so much about wins, losses, touchdowns, interceptions, any of that stuff. Like that's good for like, that's good for water cooler talk, but I'm excited to see him take that step entering his third year. This is his team. Now CJ Mosley is still the best player on the team, but this is Sam Darnold's team. And to see everybody kind of rally around him and not Jamal Adams, you know, you saw Le'Veon Bell kind of just air Jamal out and say, listen, man, like you lied. This is what it is. And, but I think they feel comfortable doing that because they have Sam Darnold. And I think I'm really excited to just see this be a team that's honestly built for a quarterback and not propping up a quarterback. I agree. I mean, look, you need, you really do generally want the franchise quarterback to be the face of the franchise and hopefully Darnold could step into that role. It's going to be a different kind of dynamic and a different kind of team and, I'm glad the whole situation is kind of over. I think it was getting exhausting with the constant in the media battling and the social media antics. Uh, it was enough. It was time to turn the page and move on. And the fact that the Jets got this much is, again, pretty shocking to me. I can't emphasize this enough. And anyone who listens to me or follows me knows that I am hard on the team. I think I'm being pragmatic when I analyze them. And I, I will not give them credit unless I feel they deserve it. This trade is an exceptional amount of value for a safety. And I don't care if he's the best safety in the NFL. He doesn't intercept the football. And outside of the Daniel Jones play last year, he's not really involved in a lot of turnovers. He's an exceptional football player. He will consistently be an all-pro talent. But to get two first-round picks and a third and a competent replacement for him, uh, 
is so hot, man. And look, Seattle's different. They've been successful in their own way. They're aggressive. They've swung and missed on some trades, but they play very aggressive. They know they have Russell Wilson. That gives you the ability to do things differently. They have not drafted well, and a lot of their trades haven't landed, and it hasn't mattered just because they have Russell Wilson. So they're playing and building in a different life cycle of their franchise with their current quarterback and head coach, and the Jets were able to you know, take advantage of that. And I, you know, I think Seattle will be better than the Jets this year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, long term, if Russell Wilson starts to deteriorate, t- deteriorate in some way, uh, will that be the case? I don't know. Depends on how good Sam Darnold is. But now the Jets are better positioned to make Sam Darnold's life easier. And that's ultimately what matters. And that's what we're going to continue to emphasize. So we wrap up. We'll be back in the coming weeks with training camp preview and not have to talk about a trade, talk about the players who are actually here and how this season is hopefully going to play out. Let's hope the NFL learns something from the MLB. Um, what isn't working and learn something from the NBA on what seems to be working, knock on wood so far. And we'll see what happens. Until we're told otherwise, we'll continue to cover the season like it's going to happen. We hope everyone's staying safe out there. We hope you're wearing your masks. Um, Any final words, Dalvin? Yeah, just, uh, you know, kudos to Drew Douglas, man, because I kept coming back to this. Folks asked me, and remember, Joe, we talked about this even a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I'd be ecstatic if we got, like, Michael Gallup in a third, right? Like, I'd be thrilled if that was the trade, or Leo Collins in a a fourth or something like that. For Joe Douglas as a – Again, essentially a first-year GM, because this was his first offseason, to pull off getting two first-round picks, a third, and a and a good solid starter for the back end of Greg Williams' defense. Now you have to hit on the picks, but honestly, I'm I'm so impressed that he was able to do that. And this follows a draft where he was able to maneuver the board to still get Denzel Mims in round two. Um, you know, you added Makai Becton. I didn't like, you know, Greg Armstrong's favorite player, Mr. Morgan, the backup quarterback. Um, but all in all, I think it was a solid first draft. And I think being able to get as much as you did for Jamal Adams goes to show you that he is committed to not only just Sam Darnold, but if it's not Sam Darnold, right? Is it Trevor Lawrence? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Trey Lance? It's going to be interesting, man, because I think this Jets team is going to look substantially different both on the sideline and just in terms of just the kind of team that's out there every day. So let's enjoy Sam Darnold, man. Keep rooting for him. Uh, and, you know, everybody stay safe. That's the biggest thing. Stay safe and we'll get through this pandemic as best as possible. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll be back with you next week.